Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Delario gets dealt to the Cubs and they get two prospects, a shortstop and a pitcher. What does that mean for the Nationals? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. So when you're using your podcatcher of choice, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you will know when the new podcasts are available. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. Well, as I record this at 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, it seems that Lane Thomas is still on the team. The big movement for the Nationals was one that was expected. Jamer Candelario gets dealt out to the Cubs and in return, the Nats end up getting a pitcher and a shortstop. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about what players they got in return and what that means for the Nationals and ultimately who will be the third baseman going forward. And then to close out the show, we will talk about Max Scherzer, former National, and why he ultimately agreed to being dealt with the Rangers. But just to get it going here, talking about the Nationals, and the movement that took place on the trade deadline and what it means for the Nationals. Listen, we knew that they were going to be sellers, and that was the case, and we knew that Jamer Candelario was one of the big pieces, and that was the case. And as it turns out, he does get dealt to the Chicago Cubs, a place where he started it all, and uh, what that means for the Cubs. I mean, ultimately, crazy things could happen and the Nationals could get back Candelario next year. I don't think that's too probable, but it is a potential that that could uh, happen. So just taking a look at the movement, I think that all things considered, the Nationals handled it the right way. Uh, they got Candelario and they were going to try to get his career back to where it once was and then flip him for a maximum return. Did they ultimately maximize the return? That is the question, and I guess that is a bit open for debate if they could have got more instead of getting two, you know, B or C list prospects. Maybe they could have got one A list prospect, but that's not, that's idealistic thinking, and that's not ultimately the way that it works. You never get a top name prospect for a rental. It's just never the case. It hasn't been that way for quite some time. So all the chatter that I hear on Twitter and various social media outlets saying that the Nationals should have got more for Candelario 
based on the fact of how he played for the Nats this season. I mean, I hear the debate and I hear what you're saying, but ultimately what it's about is he's a rental for the Cubs. Now they could, you know, sign him to a new deal on the offseason, but right now the Cubs are all in uh, for this season and they thought that adding Candelario to the mix would help bolster their team. The Nats lineup for last night's series opener against the Brewers was published and Jamer Candelario's name wasn't included. All eyes in the clubhouse immediately turned toward the third baseman's locker and he was in positive spirits and uh, he kind of saw the writing on the walls. His fellow uh, teammates, they saw the writing on the walls and they kind of paid their respects and said, you know, you're a great teammate. He was loved amongst Nationals fans and his fellow teammates and the coaches, so it was a bittersweet thing to have him move on. Ultimately, as someone that covers this team and is a fan of the Nationals and baseball in general, I wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, maybe something crazy could happen and he could come back. I'm not so sure. The Nats finalized a trade with the Cubs shortly before last night's game that will send Candelario back to the organization he began his career with, receiving two prospects in return, the club announced. And I'll talk about those prospects a bit later in the show. But um, just taking a look at the return to talk about it briefly, I think that they got a decent return. Uh, It's open to interpretation if they could have got more. Candelaria was far and away the most likely Nationals player to be dealt before Tuesday's 6 p.m. deadline. A number of teams headlined by the Angels and Yankees reportedly were interested in the 29-year-old who entered the day with a .823 OPS, 30 doubles, 60 homers, 53 RBIs, and a 3.3 BWAR in 99 games played. Listen, this was a reclamation project for the Nationals. His last season with the Tigers was not that great. And, you know, a lot of different people that cover this team, whether it's podcasters or bloggers or whatever the case may be, beat writers, they kind of panned the move of bringing Jamer Candelario to this team. And they thought, you know, what is that all about? I looked at the back of his baseball card and I was pretty impressed, all things considered, I looked at his contract in total, and I thought it was pretty good, and he has done nothing but help this Nationals team. He signed to a modest one-year, $5 million contract last winter after the Tigers non-tendered him. Candelario understood the situation all summer, though he openly expressed his desire to stay in D.C., He recognized he was likely to be dealt before the deadline as much as he tried to block out the noise. And I think that, you know, I don't think that that was just lip service. I think that he ultimately did like it on the Nationals. It just wasn't going to work out. This team is still in rebuild mode. And, uh, you know, they they signed him to trade him at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. So it, you know... It paid off. It's exactly what the Nationals wanted, and uh, it's exactly what they got. Uh, Yesterday, he said, I'm not thinking about that right now. I know there's a lot of news, but I want to live day by day. That keeps me calm and that keeps me in the game right away. For me, it's just waking up in bed and thinking about how you can help your team win a ball game. For me, that's the most important thing, uh, no matter what else. And that is the right attitude to have. Um, as a baseball player, as anyone in professional sports, is just to live day by day because you can get sent up, you can get sent down, you can have hot streaks and cold streaks. 
Um, but all things considered, I think that he played well in total for the Nats. It's a tough time of year with the trade deadline up, but we've been through this before. We'll see what happens here next couple of days. But what I can say is Jamer's still a national. This was from a couple days ago. I love him. He plays the game the right way. He's been awesome for our young players. We'll see what happens. And as we know, he got dealt. Um, so it is. It's about moving on at this point. Uh, and that's the only thing that you can look at is how is this team going to get better next year? And the third base position has a bit of a hole uh, right now. And we'll talk about who the third baseman is going to be filling in there. Um, at least I'm going to say filling in because we don't know the long term. We know that Brady House ostensibly is going to be the third baseman for the Nationals at some point. I think to a certain extent, at, we can almost cross out uh, the Carter Keyboom. I just don't think that he is going to be there. I think that the Nationals are bearing his career a bit in the minor leagues, and you have not heard a whole lot about him. He just seems to suffer injury after injury after injury. And then when he gets his opportunity, he never ultimately makes the most of them. So I think that, you know, that is what is going to happen is that he is going to, to be dealt. And, um, at some point, or, you know, he's, I think that the Nationals are going to cut ties with Carter Keboom uh, at some point uh, in the future here. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the movement and what the Nationals got in return for Jamer Candelario. Two players, two prospects. Ultimately, that's all they could really hope for. Who are those players? I'll talk about that straight ahead. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, a bar a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. Well, now we're going to talk about the return, and what the Nationals got in return for Jamer Candelario. So the first player is Kevin Maid, a 20-year-old shortstop who was the Cubs' 14th-ranked prospect, and DJ Hertz, a 22-year-old left-hander who was the 16th-ranked prospect, will join the Nationals organization. And uh, just for clarification, I've heard from some different places that the Nats got the 14th-ranked prospect. No, let's just focus in on that a little bit more, the 14th-ranked prospect for the Cubs. Uh, so uh, a, a modest return, I guess I would say. I don't know if they ultimately will ever be 
uh, Nationals. I don't know if they'll ever end up playing on the big team. Maid is a highly regarded defensive shortstop who is still developing as a hitter, signed by the Cubs out of the Dominican Republican for $1.5 million in 2019. He was batting .240 with a .328 on base percentage, a .683 OPS, three homers, and 25 RBAs this season for high A South Bend. A five foot nine, 160 pounds made, has the body of a traditional middle infielder. He's well regarded for his bat to ball skills, and his walk rate has improved each year in the minors. So, taking a look at a shortstop of the future, uh, it's going to be the distant future, as I think that CJ Abrams has that lockdown for the foreseeable future, but an asset at the end of the day. Uh, sometimes when you look at these players, you start to visualize them and like, well, where are they going to fit? You know, especially in this particular case, you take a look that the Nationals have a young shortstop in C.J. Abrams. Where would he fit? Well, we know that Abrams is the shortstop of the future. So uh, if that is going to be the case that he is a shortstop in the Nationals organization, it is not going to be on the big team, at least not in the near future. Taking a look at Hertz, an eighth round pick in the 2019 draft had a 3.97 ERA and a 1.424 WHIP in 14 starts this season with AA Tennessee. He has struck out an impressive 80 batters in only 59 innings, but has walked 37 in that time. The 22-year-old lefty has a fastball in the low to mid-90s with a plus changeup and a developing slider, this piece in mass. And so, taking a look at it, it is some of the top prospects for the Cubs that they got in return, a shortstop and a pitcher. All things considered, not too surprised. I didn't think that they were going to get their number one prospect. Uh, you know, you kind of take a look at the different moves that have taken place on this particular day. The trade deadline, Verlander going back to the Astros. Uh, the day before, we saw that Scherzer uh, went out to the Rangers. So um, a lot of pieces are falling into place. Those are the marquee names that we know of, um, and that's what is going forward. So now the question is the third base position for the Nationals. What can we expect um, Jake Alou, as expected, was called up from Rochester to fill Jamer Candelario's roster spot. Interested to see how much playing time he will get the rest of the way at third base. Um, based on the way Davey Martinez described it, Jake Alou is going to get the bulk of the ABs at third base the rest of the way. A bit of an addendum to the original comment there on Twitter. Um, but just taking a look, uh, that is who is going to be the third baseman for the rest of the season for the Nationals, um, ostensibly. I know that Vargas could potentially fill in. Again, I'm recording this at 5 p.m. Eastern. Some moves could happen between now and the conclusion of it. But that is, you know, at least for the immediate future, who is going to be getting the lion's share of the, the duty at third base? Is he the long-term solution? Uh, I guess time will only tell. But uh, change is coming. This team is still in the midst of a rebuild. We're not quite there. And the one thing that I'm happy about is that they held on to Lane Thomas. As we know, there's a couple more years of Nationals control. So I think it would have been foolish for them to move from him. We love Lane Thomas. I don't know if the rest of Major League Baseball loves him, but we love what he brings to this team. And I think that he has a future on this team for the short to midterm range. Uh, after that, we know that the outfield is just stacked as far as prospects and that kind of thing are concerned. 
how many of those prospects are going to live up to potential and be on the big team? I guess, you know, time will only tell, but some top prospects uh, that we got in return, you know, just taking a look at the Scherzer, Turner, Juan Soto deals, uh, deals that were tough to look at at first, but, you know, taking a look at it in hindsight, um, it was, they were the right moves because this Nationals team was pretty well depleted. And I think it puts them in a good position for the future. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about another team is facing a rebuild. And that's ultimately why Max Scherzer agreed to being dealt to the Rangers. I'll talk about it more straight ahead. News. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using promo code MINUTECAST for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all the stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the beard hedger this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces first off this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right a face grooming doesn't need to be hard get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard plus it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code minutecast at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T, Manscaped, Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And now a special promo for Talk Nats listeners. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is now open. Located just two blocks from Nats Park in a premier waterfront building on 230 Water Street Southeast on the first floor. Come train like a champion. And how's about a special promo for the local Talk Nats listeners to get their first class free using code MayweatherNats23. That's promo code MayweatherNats23. Or just call the studio or stop by and tell them you want the Nats discount. Welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MinuteCast at manscaped.com. Well, former national Max Scherzer got dealt again. He saw the writing on the walls. He had conversations uh, with ownership and the general manager, and it was spoke of that this team is facing a rebuild. Max Scherzer asked him, so we're not going to even try to compete for a World Series next year? And uh, it doesn't look like that is in the cards for the near future. This was a piece by Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic. Max Scherzer did not think he would be traded. He was not, in his words, itching to jump ship, but he said he agreed to waive his no-trade clause when Mets owner Steve Cohen and general manager Billy Epler informed him the team was taking a step back next season and building more for the future, the Mets, you know, who we went into this season, both the New York teams, the Yankees and the Mets were lauded for doing great things this year. That ultimately wasn't the case as the Mets are sellers. The New York Yankees are trying to get back into being a great team. I mean, historically, the Yankees are a dynasty. I mean, they've been historically one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, but they've they've really fallen from grace. And I think that they need a new look. And I think the Mets... 
Arc facing now uh, what the Nationals are facing. Scherzer said, I talked to Billy and told the Athletic, I was like, okay, are we reloading for 2024? He goes, no, we're not. Basically, our vision now is for 2025, 2026, 25 at the earliest, more like 26. We're going to be making trades around that. I was like, so the team is not going to be pursuing free agents this offseason or assemble a team that can compete for a World Series next year, he said. No, we're not going to be signing the upper echelon, guys. We're going to be making smaller deals within free agency. 24 is now looking to be more kind of a transition year. Yikes. So the Mets, <laughs> the Mets, you know, uh, are going through, like I say, what the Nationals are going through right now, a rebuild, and sometimes it can be ugly. You know, I'm going to go ahead and put the Mets kind of in the same category as the San Diego Padres that, you know, all the insiders, all the talking heads always kind of have them penciled in. Their way too early predictions have the Mets doing great things or the Padres for doing great things. They never live up to potential. This season is no different. Epler, according to Scherzer, went on to say the Mets were open to trading not only players who would become free agents after 23, but also after 24. That group included three-time Cy Young winner Justin Verlander, who we know was traded to the Astros, three-time All-Star first baseman Pete Alonzo, left-hander Jose Quintana, and left uh, lefty reliever Brooks Rally. So, taking a look at that, it wasn't surprising uh, too surprising. And I think that Max Scherzer was kind of caught by surprised. Uh, he is collecting a haul from all the different uh, teams that he's played on. If you've looked at the graph, he has made a lot of money from a lot of different teams. Uh, so this is just going to be another opportunity for him. And it doesn't seem like he's going to, to want to be jumping from the Rangers anytime soon. Uh, so I think that uh, the Rangers will see Scherzer for some time. After Epler informed him of the club's plan, Scherzer said he told the GM, I've got to hear this from Steve. This is a change in organizational direction, Cohen, Scherzer said, told him exactly the same thing, kind of verbatim. Scherzer told and gave Mets permission to trade him. The next day, he went to the Rangers along with approximately $36 million. Uh, for Acuna, a top 100 prospect. So the uh, Mets ended up getting a top tier uh, return, a top 100 prospect. So I think the Mets are doing okay. I think that ultimately they were all in on victory this year. Uh, as it turns out, it's not the case. And that kind of stuff happens. You know, you, the best laid plans sometimes go to waste. Uh, again, to go back to the Padres, you know, that team has historically the last handful of years or so signed all the big names that you could possibly think of. I mean, they signed uh, Juan Soto, for God's sake, and, and uh, Bell, and uh, that didn't help them that much. And it's just, it, it doesn't seem like, you know, the right pieces fit the puzzle the way you think it is. So sometimes things that are written out on paper, you look at them and you go, yeah, that's going to be successful. But in actuality, it's not the case. So, um, just kind of taking a look around Major League Baseball here for a moment. Those were the big things, Scherzer and Verlander. And uh, bringing it closer back to Washington here, we know that Jamer Candelario got dealt uh, out to the Cubs. But this is what we're looking at for the rest of the season. No real surprises for Nationals fans. We knew that this was going to be the case. 
Um, it was assessing and seeing how this team looks. Now it's about the future into the potential positivity that next year will bring. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And I'll talk to you guys again next time.